Welcome to Grace and Peace Radio with your hosts, Anthony and Amy Russo. Grace and Peace Radio is a weekly Christian podcast where together we'll discuss how we can apply God's Word to everyday life. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. It's our hope that you will be encouraged and God will be glorified. And with that, let's start the show. All right. Well, welcome once again, everybody. Welcome. Glad you're here. Yeah. We're we're glad you're here. We're glad to be with you. I have my... I have my cup of coffee. <laughs> you know, I was telling Amy before we hit record that I just have to have a cup of coffee nearby. Whether I drink it or not during the recording, it's, it's like an, it's my thing. It's like an atmosphere thing. Mm-hmm. And plus, it's in my contract rider. So I don't have to record these shows if I don't have my coffee. It's in my contract. Listeners, we won't talk about this mysterious mythical contract that he seems to think is out there. Well... It's in there. I know it's in there. <laughs> I'll I'll take your word for it. I'll while. I'll so help me. I'll leave right now if I don't have my coffee. <laughs> Drink your coffee. Hold on. <laughs> okay, I'm better now. For fourteen years of marriage, I still don't drink coffee. You you have two flaws. One, you don't drink coffee. <laughs> two, you have terrible taste in men. <laughs> Other than that, I think you're pretty swell. Okay, I'm gonna leave that alone. Yep. <laughs> All right. All right. So, so here's the thing. Last time we met, we talked about the importance of reading the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. Can you guess how quickly I came up with the idea for this episode? Okay, guys. How long? Right. Exactly. Right away. I said, well, now we need to do one on the importance (laughs) of reading the New Testament. Just for the whole symmetry. Exactly. So that's what we wanted to talk about. So there are going to be some overlaps, but it's not going to be the same episode. No, it is not. So if you haven't gone back to listen to the old episode, the Old Testament episode, by all means, do so. And this one you're going to find is a complement to it in many ways. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about things. That, for. Yeah. And we're going to talk about things that we didn't quite cover in the Old Testament as well, that also apply to the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. The verse we used last time is the verse that we want to continue with this time because it really does tie everything together. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. 16 and 17, right? Yes. Okay. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And that really is the foundation for these two episodes, for the importance of reading the scriptures. I mean, there are so many verses that we can point to for the importance of reading the scriptures. I think of immediately of Psalm 119, for example. Mm-hmm. For now, let's focus on that. Why do we read the scriptures? Because all of it, is God-breathed, that means it's inspired by God, it's provided and inspired by God, and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And as we said last week, the whole phrase, man of God, does not refer specifically to pastors. Right. It means all of us. All of us. All of us who are believers in Christ. Mm Mm-hmm. So, Amy, when I said to you, think about the importance of reading the New Testament, 
what's something that came to mind? Why is reading the New Testament important to you even? Just the basic foundation of learning about Jesus Christ, of, of the actual gospel of Jesus Christ. This is where we're introduced to him, and we have the four gospels that are his life story, so to speak, during his time on earth. And so that was the first thing that I wrote. Okay. Okay. Very good. Yeah. And and what did you find? And what did you find? Did, well, what, what was the first thing you thought about? Yeah. The, the first thing really that I put down, or the, 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 the thing I put stars next to, is to know and love the Lord Jesus more and more. Excellent. To know and love the Lord Jesus more and more. Mm-hmm. So it, again, same thing. Really the same reason. It is. It's making him real in our minds, our hearts, and our lives. Mm-hmm. It's getting to know him more that we might love him more. Mm-hmm. So another thing I thought of uh, was the clarity of doctrine in the New Testament and how learning of that and it doctrine itself becoming more clear we apply it to our life just day to day and which is what you see in the epistles for example exactly exactly where there's doctrine in like the first half of many of the epistles and then there's the the practical mm-hmm. application of that doctrine right in the second half mm-hmm. and you see that romans not the first you see that in in romans and you know colossians ephesians you know, Philippians. Uh, right. Right. So, so yeah, that's, that's very true. And that's kind of tied into what I was thinking. Another thing, as I said, to know and love the Lord Jesus, obedience, right? Reading the word teaches us commands to obey. It grows our, our gratitude, which then fuels our obedience. Right, our desire to be obedient mm-hmm. as we... And to know what to obey mm-hmm. and, yeah, what to avoid. Right. So, yeah, our obedience. And again, the Old Testament does that as well. Absolutely. But in the New Testament, and Paul uses the language of mystery. Paul says before there was the the mystery of ages past that the gospel was was, was mystery, and now it's been revealed. Well, now we see that in the New Testament where the gospel is fully revealed. Like you said, you know, we, we see the Lord Jesus incarnate mm-hmm. and we see the, the gospel, you know, him living, crucified, buried, resurrected, ascended. And then we see the practical outworking of that in the rest of the New Testament. How then do we live now that this mystery is made known. Right. And so we take from our Old Testament reading where we see the mystery, where where it is veiled. You know, the a lot of the laws and sacrificial descriptions in Leviticus are made manifest and prophecies made true, mm-hmm. you know, come to life yeah. in Jesus and in the New Testament. Yeah. Yeah, what I was saying, what else did you? Well, again, this so much of this applies to the whole scriptures, but as it relates to the New Testament, it's important for us as Christians to to read the New Testament so we know what we believe. 
to answer to our faith. Right. Mm -hmm. So to, to not only be able to explain the gospel, mm -hmm. but to give a defense for it. Absolutely. And to know, no, that's a very good point. Then to know what's not correct when we hear it out in the world. Right. Yep. And that really ties together the, the, the other thing I wrote down right after that, discernment. So that you have discernment against false teachings. It's not only so that you can, and not just false teachings within the church, sneak into the church, but the false teaching of what the world tells you. Right. The perceptions, I mean... Worldview, perceptions, right. all those things. Right. I mean, we all we all encounter this every single day. Mm -hmm. You know, scrolling through Facebook, any social media, Twitter, news. As believers, we are bombarded with a worldview that is not Christ-centered. And if we're not armed with the word... And knowledge of that and familiarity with that, we could easily be led astray. Right. Yeah. There is a difference between the Old Testament and the New in that regard, because in the Old Testament, yes, you, you can glean, you can draw out those biblical teachings and those biblical principles. In the New Testament, there, I don't know if this is appropriate or correct to say or not, but they're much, they're, they're black and white. They're right mm -hmm. there. There's so much practical, straightforward. When Paul says to Timothy, flee youthful lusts, for mm -hmm. example, or just other examples of clear biblical teaching and how to live in this world and, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Mm -hmm. All of these things are, are plain language and they're they're right there in a way that it they're not in the old testament necessarily and and i'm asking you this would you say that what we read in the old testament as i'm thinking about reading through recently that we're seeing behaviors i guess the thing that strikes me and has struck me in reading the Old Testament, this go-round, is just what's twisted and wicked and evil in the Old Testament is what we see today. Mm -hmm. But because it's Christ isn't there yet, I mean, he is through, mm -hmm. it, it tells the story of Christ in the sense of he's mm -hmm. coming, but we really don't get the what do you do about it until... We get to the New Testament. Or am I missing something or I'm just well, focused on the news so much that... No, I, I think you're... I understand where you're going with that. There are... For one thing, there are a lot of examples in the Old Testament, right? There's so many through the, the stories that are presented, through the lives that are presented, there's so much to learn by observation. Mm-hmm. And we talked about that again last episode. I'm reading through Kings now, and just all of the examples of the Kings, good or bad, each one of them is either a commendation on following after the Lord or a warning 
against not following after the Lord. And so on, right? And so we see examples lived out. Agreed. Where it's, in some ways, it's up to us as the reader to draw out what's the what's a good principle I can take away from this, right? That, yes, that's it. How What can I learn from this train wreck of a life mm-hmm. or this godly saint? Whereas in the New Testament, so much of it, it's literally handed to us. Exactly. That's That's the difference. And... Right. Now, but in the Old Testament, they, of course, they had God's law. So they knew what was right. Mm -hmm. They just didn't do it, right? Like Israel, like Judah, when they had wicked kings and and so on. So they had doctrine. They had the law of the Lord. But in our day, it's it's just that much more clear, right? The mystery is revealed. I agree. Mm Mm-hmm. So another reason to to read the New Testament, and again, this applies to the Old Testament as well, so you are equipped when storms come. Every single one of us is going to get the 3 a.m. call right. or the 3 in the afternoon call, whatever it is. The, mm-hmm. All of us are... Suddenly, calamity is going to come. Our a family member is going to die in a car crash, or you know, there's going to be something, or a heart attack, or something immediate that we just never expected. Right, and that we need to react to. Right, and so whatever the storm is, and sometimes we know about them ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we don't. Right, some storms are hurricanes that we can track for days. There you go. Some storms are tornadoes that just. Show up. That just show up. The point is, as believers, we can either have the wisdom to be prepared for it and to begin to hide the word in our heart and grow in our faith in the Lord and our trust in the Lord and and knowledge of Him now, or, frankly, we can be foolish, and when the storm comes, we're utterly unprepared. Absolutely, and and that would be the danger of then railing against God of why did you do this to me, to us, to my family, right? Whatever, and that's not it. Yeah, you know, because we haven't had all that word in us, we don't know where to go. Exactly. Also, when we do that, we're panicked. We have no framework, no foundation, really, mm-hmm. of how to address this crisis. So the first thing we do, or one of the first things we may do, is say something on social media about it. There you go. Number one. And so we, we look to social media and to our friends and say, I'm in crisis. Pray for me or something or just post and, you know, see what kind of reaction you get. Or we go to our pastor and we begin to think of him not so much as a pastor, a shepherd, but as a priest before God. What I mean is we can burden our pastors by treating them like priests. In other words, 
intercede to God on my behalf. Because you have more power than I do. Because I am woefully far from him and have been woefully far from him. Oh, there you go. And I am utterly ill-prepared for this moment. You are obviously, you know, you do this for a living. You're more spiritual than I am. And so we treat him like a priest instead of, like Scripture teaches us, that the doctrine of the, the priesthood of all believers. Mm-hmm. We can go to Christ. If we had a life that was in the Word, in prayer, regularly in it, then we're not looking to our pastor as the priest who can intercede to mm-hmm. God on our behalf. But we're looking to him as we should, as a shepherd, and saying, can you walk with me through this trial? Exactly. Not, I don't know, not, not fix it. There's a desperation. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I agree. It's, it's depending on, well, it's like, exactly like you said. It's, it's the desperation of he's closer to God than I am because I haven't been paying attention to the things I should be paying attention to, which is word and prayer. And so somehow it's going to make it better if I throw this all on him. He can help me out. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like at that point, you're, you're clamoring for a life raft. You're clamoring for some help. And so, you know, it's, it's kind of like what, so you, you, you grab hold on this person and you end up dragging them down <laughs> with right. you because you're trying to lean on them for everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, frankly, you just burden your pastor, and that's not—it's really not his job. If you know what I mean, I mean. Yeah, it's it's not because he can walk alongside you and and guide, but our responsibility is to be in the Word and to, frankly, know where things are. Right. <laughs> know how to look it up. Yeah. I was reading through. The Haley's. old, the old book, Haley's Bible Handbook. That's always always comes in handy. You know, we and I was thinking we have so many resources as Christians now, with the internet and books getting churned out by the hundreds every day, mm-hmm. and access to so many books that forty years ago, when I was thirty five years ago, when I was again really. A nominal Christian at that point. I really wasn't saved, but pretty much all we had back then was Haley's Bible Handbook and Strong's Concordance. Yep. And Matthew Henry. Yes. Good old Matthew. Right? Hank. And they're all fantastic. <laughs> Absolutely. But so anyway, the point is I dug out Haley's Bible Handbook for this because I remembered that he talks a lot about the importance of Bible reading. And one of the things he says on page 816 in my edition. Every Christian ought to be a Bible reader. It is the one habit which, if done in the right spirit, more than any other one habit, will make a Christian what he ought to be in every way. That's fantastic. It doesn't get any more straightforward and simple than that. Right. So really, it comes down to the one thing, along with prayer, that are the primary means of a Christian's growth in God and Christians walk with God. This is it. Bible reading and prayer. Mm-hmm. Th- those are the, the two foundational things. Because even if you're a, 
a missionary on the frontier, you're not going to have a church to go to. You may not even have Christian fellowship. Right. But you will have the word of God and prayer. And as you mentioned, missionaries, and I know there are missionaries that have said that this is a danger. And I speak to both, you know, missionaries, Bible study teachers, uh, Sunday school teachers, and pastors know this as well, or should know this, that you're studying for those things, your missionary work, but you're studying for teaching a Bible study or Sunday school or, or preparing for a sermon is not a substitute for your own personal time with the Lord right. in the Word. Yeah. Yeah. It's a common danger. Right. I know I even had that experience. I think every seminary student has that experience uh, where there's the danger of being so in the scriptures as part of your studies that you neglect them personally. Mm -hmm. I did that for, it was something that I fell into when I was teaching that Bible study when we were in Louisville, Mm -hmm. that I would tend to get wrapped up in all the studying I was doing to prepare for the next week that I would neglect my own reading. Yeah. As far as Bible study and teaching, though, mm-hmm. another reason to be reading the New Testament, and again, the Scriptures, is so that don't just think of yourself and your own spiritual walk, but by reading, you have something of substance with which to encourage or comfort believers. It's not just for your own benefit. But it's so that you can be generous and give away what God has taught you, right? It's Second Corinthians 1, that we are comforted with the comfort God right. gives us. That's part of it, too, is that you serve the body of Christ. You say, well, I don't know what my ministry is. If you don't know what your ministry is in the body of Christ, if you don't know what your purpose is, foundationally, your purpose is, Pray for others and read your Bible and grow in the Lord. And then also read your Bible so that you can be used by God to teach or counsel or comfort others. And if you think that, well, I don't know what my gift is and what Lord has gifted me in, you have conversations with your fellow believers at the church. You're going to encounter someone who's going through a trial and that's how where you're interacting and comforting and relating to them. So it's a micro ministry, if you, okay. you know, on a one-to-one basis. And I'll tell you, there's nothing cooler than when you have been in the word and then the Lord uses something you've just read or recently read to be able to use that to give to somebody else. That is way cool. And that happens a lot. It does. And I was particular to say something of substance Mm -hmm. because that's the difference. Again, going back to the idea of tragedy or trials, when those happen, so often the world has no idea what to say. And to a degree, like Job's friends, it's good for us to just sit quietly with a believer while they're going through a trial and Mm -hmm. not just give them a, well, here's a Bible verse. Absolutely. There's wisdom in that, but... We need to have something of substance. We, we have the word of God here. We have real meat, real substance. So why would we neglect that? Or why would we give triflings instead? Mm-hmm. So go for the substance. Question for you. 
and this is more an overview thing, when you became a believer, at what point did reading the word was like, this is it, this is, I want to do this, I want to know more about it. Right away. It was right away. It was, it was right away. Uh, in my case, when, after 20 years of being a, a false convert, a nominal Christian, uh, you know, carnal Christian, whatever you want to call it, where I claimed to be born again, but I had no genuine evidence of being a Christian. I, I could walk the walk, talk the talk, but I was a hypocrite. Outwardly walk the walk, I mean. But when God soundly saved me in 2005, in September of 05, he did it in such a way that everything that was important to me, everything that I had built my life on, washed away. It was a literally a tsunami type of moment where everything I valued was destroyed. And at that point, I needed the Word of God because I needed a rock to cling to. I needed a foundation to cling to. So it, it became literally an emergency. It, it became a life raft mm -hmm. that I, I dug my nails into and held on to it. Now, I'll say this. What happens in two months or three months after that, when that that crisis moment of salvation, because, you know, the Lord doesn't save everyone through a crisis moment right. kind of thing, but that was my testimony. Mm -hmm. That's how God saved me. Well, in time, what happens when you're, that crisis is gone? And so now... By God's grace, he's reoriented me. I, I, I know which way is up because before I didn't. And I have that foundation. And now I'm walking as a Christian and new life and everything. Well, then, of course, the temptation is not to read the word. Because everything's good. Everything's good, mm -hmm. right? I think the difference in my case, I don't recall having that. I mean, certainly there are some days where, yeah, I, I, I'm in the flesh and I think I, you know, I can probably get away without reading my Bible, right? you know, but I also, because I've read it now for these years, I know the folly of that thinking. I've had days where I'll, ah, you know, I'll get to it later and then my day collapses. And the point is whatever trial comes that day, I'm utterly unprepared. I've had those days. Mm -hmm. So now it's just like for most people, if you run out of gas in your car once along the highway, you'll probably never, never. let yourself run out of gas again. Correct. Yep. And it's the same sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So you just know I had, I'd be an idiot to let my gas tank go that low again. Sometimes you can't help it, right? Or oh, so sometimes you are naturally taken from the word for a couple of days or some thing going on or right. whatever. The Lord 
he gives grace in those rare it's, circumstances, but for the most part, it really does become a discipline. God gives grace, but he also knows where your head's at. Yeah. So it's intent. Yeah. You know, things but, that, that take you away that you don't necessarily have control over. That's different than I got this today. Yeah. And, and so it becomes a discipline where Lord, all I could do was read half a chapter today. All I could do was read a Psalm because I woke up late mm-hmm. because I had to go to bed late because I was counseling a friend or, you know, whatever the, mm-hmm. the reason was, Absolutely. you know, I was sick. I was whatever the thing is. So that, those are different. But generally speaking, day to day, uh, I for myself, I just knew like I, this is life for me. I will die inwardly without this. I will sin without this. Uh, I mean, I sin with it, but I mean, I know my heart, and I know I'm going to go off the rails unless I'm in the Word. So that's that was my experience with that. You know, already we're at time. I think what we're going to do, let's continue this conversation next time. Sounds good. Yeah. I think that's good. I think we need to make this a two-parter. So stay with us because I don't like long podcasts. I'm not a big fan of the hour, hour-long podcast no, format. We, I, we, don't ha- we don't have that. Uh, yeah. I don't listen mindset. to them. So I don't, I don't usually listen to hour-long podcasts. So I don't want to be, not that I have anything against them. If you're a podcaster and you do hour-long podcasts, great. I'm just saying, for me personally, I don't do it. So I don't want to be a hypocrite and have an hour-long podcast out there. That's all I'm saying. So we're going to split this up into two. Mm -hmm. And we will come back next week. Until then, God bless you. And thanks so much for listening. Well, that's our show for today. I hope you'll join us next time as we spend time in God's Word, looking at how we can grow in our knowledge of Him, our love for Him, and our service to Him. Grace and Peace Radio is honored to be a member of the Christian podcast community. It's a ministry of striving for eternity. Find more Christian podcasts at christianpodcastcommunity.com. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, visit us at graceandpeaceradio.com and on Facebook. Until next time, I'm your host, Anthony Russo, and Jesus changed my life.